Conversations with professionals for professionals in the laundry and linen services industry. This is the American Laundry News Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Poe, editor of American Laundry News. This is episode 26 of the American Laundry News podcast, Laundry Hiring and Training. In this episode, we'll talk about strategies for seeking out employee candidates and training them for long-term growth. My guest today is Sylvia Williams from Prudential Overall Supply, a uniform and facilities services company headquartered in Irvine, California. Sylvia is human resources manager and has worked for the company for eight years. She works closely with management and employees in building stronger communication so that they can achieve the same goals and make sure that the company's policies are compliant with employment laws. Sylvia, welcome to the American Laundry News Podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for inviting me here. So let's start out talking about the company side of hiring and retention and talk about a company's culture. How important is a company's culture in the hiring and retention process? Well, Matt, I would say that in many companies, culture is a large reason why people decide to stay and people decide to leave a company. I have the privilege of getting to know a lot of our new hires, and I'm not going to lie when they tell me that the number one reason that they hated their last job had to do with the culture itself. The feeling of just being a number there or being micromanaged in everything that they did. We take the time to get to know our employees, what they like to do during their free time, what family dynamics they have at home, and what other skills they possess that we can tap into for future growth within the company. I do think that this is one of the biggest things that appeal to a new hire as well. Uh, we are a family-run business that understands that our employees have families too. Uh, that being said, at the end of the day, Matt, we hope that our employees share the same values and goals that we do as a company. When our employees feel valued, uh, they're willing to do what it takes to get the job done. So let's uh, continue talking about the company side of things and talk a little bit about the value of communication, of employee appreciation, and providing a safe work environment in hiring and retention. Uh, I believe it was Tom Watts, our recently retired president, that uh, would say, if you explain the reasons behind the rules, employees are more likely to follow them. You know, that same principle applies to all the decisions we make as a company. Companies just like ours often spend a lot of time making important decisions in meetings. However, when it comes to communicating the changes to their workforce, they tend to drop the ball. Over the years, I've seen us as a company improve on how we communicate effectively with our team. We don't want to be the company that sugarcoats everything. It's important that our employees are made aware of the facts and what we do as a team can change the outcome. We take the time to celebrate employees' anniversaries on a monthly basis. Uh, we actually enjoy making a big deal about our employees' milestones. So, you know, sure, you may hear a funny story about the employee or see a photo of them when they first started working here in the 80s or 70s. But what's important is for them to know how much we really do care about them. In addition, we see things and we have things like lunch with Dan, where the chairman of the board sits down and meets with the employees for lunch. Okay. You've talked about communication and employee appreciation. How about safety? I'm very fortunate to have a great team of safety experts that work within the company, um, but not just within the company, but in my own department. But, you know, we know, just like many other people, you know, are aware that uh, safety shouldn't just be embraced by a few professionals at the corporate office, but by everyone. So that's why we develop and we incorporate local safety teams 
that are ran and driven by our employees, not management at the plant. Safety has to be something that is employee-driven to work. Uh, I can come into a workplace and I can tell everyone that they need to work safe, but if they don't believe in the process, they're not going to do it. What's the importance of having a good workplace amenities like good equipment layout, anti-fatigue mats, individual workstation cooling, HVAC for the entire facility, those kind of things? What's the importance of having those good amenities? Well, Matt, just like workplace amenities are important for you, they're the same for our employees. When I go to work, I expect to have the air running in my office, a clean restroom to use, a clean break room to eat lunch in. Our employees are no different. They want fans on in the summer, a nice clean area to eat, a workstation that has been cleaned and machinery that's been maintained. You know, so we're alike in many ways. Several studies have shown us that when people are uncomfortable, they tend to be less productive. That's why we make sure to provide amenities that they need to make sure that they're comfortable during the the whole time they're at work, such as anti-fatigue mats to stand on. Our equipment layouts of workstations are all ergonomically set up to minimize the likelihood of an employee getting injured on the job. You know, most importantly, Matt, I would say we want our employees to go home at the end of the day just as healthy as they arrive that morning, meaning we don't want to see you get hurt. Now, of course, we have to talk about being paid, you know, how potential hires view compensation packages in the hiring retention process. Talk a little bit about that. You know, it always makes me laugh when someone asks me, do we have to post the salary on the job posting? Really? Of course we have to post the compensation. Why would anyone waste their time and energy if they don't know what you're going to provide them in return? Prior to a couple months ago, the unemployment rate was low, and we, like many other companies, were challenged in filling our open positions. But due to all the changes that have been made in response to COVID-19 and the threat of transmission, I'm sad to say that many are left unemployed. Laundry, uniforming, toweling, and our cleaning business is far more essential to our society than many people recognize. Our industry has been designated as essential. That's a big deal. While many are faced with not knowing if they're going to be getting a paycheck because of what's going on, you know, our employees are still still going strong. We're still, you know, we're still operating business as normal. Our employees mean a lot to us and we'll do what we need to do to provide a work environment that the employees choose to work in, not have to. So in your opinion, what's more important when seeking employees, the culture fit or the skill set? I believe that there are several companies out there that focus a lot of their attention on a candidate's cultural fit within their organization. However, we believe that sometimes personality traits and attitude, they don't really necessarily define a candidate's ability to do the job. Sure, we'd like the person that we're interviewing to have a great attitude or a friendly personality, but I'm also looking for someone that has the skills and the experience that are needed for the position. Once a candidate has done well during the interview process, we provide them with client tests. So these aptitude tests help us avoid making biased decisions during the hiring process and instead look at how well each candidate's strengths and uh, preferences match up to the job requirements. Each position that we post or that, you know, that we have available has its own unique pre-employment assessment test. I would say, Matt, that a candidate's good culture fit should just be the cherry on top of what makes them a good hire, not the entire reason on why you got the job. What are some effective methods for laundering linen services to recruit new employees, looking at different levels, you know, from management, supervisors to hourly employees? What are some of the methods that you recommend? 
We believe a lot in promoting from within and giving our production employees the opportunity to become supervisors, CSRs, or even front desk support. Uh, you know, our CSRs a chance to become sales and service managers and route managers. And this applies to our plant managers too. We would like to see them grow into general manager positions. We've been successful in doing this and that's why we continue following this practice. I believe that's because the one reason that we're successful um, at doing this is, you know, as helped many employees stay with us. When it comes to posting jobs, we have used various ways to post jobs from state boards to external job boards as well. And some of them are more successful than others when it comes to the type of position we're posting. So for example, if I'm posting a position for a laundry worker, we found that posting it on large databases such as Monster aren't effective as compared to word of mouth or even something as simple as Craigslist. However, if I'm posting a position that requires more technical skill, then, you know, what we've discovered is that candidates are more apt to use large external job boards. So in the end, the quantity of applicants doesn't always guarantee me the quality of the applicant. So it's important to remember that as much as human resources likes to think that we know what works, we can't control the type of applicant that's going to apply for the job. Well, speaking of the applicant, let's say you put together the job description, the compensation package, you have an applicant, and you've finally scheduled an interview. Describe an effective interview process. Well, if you're an HR professional, an interview process would start with the original meeting with the department supervisor that is trying to hire. This would be the hiring manager. The department supervisor should be able to identify what soft and hard skills are really needed for the position that you're trying to fill. Who else knows better than the actual supervisor of the employee? We should be able to sit down during that meeting and define what's expected as far as performance from the employee and what you know is needed for them to succeed in the position. And then assuming that you've done a phone screening prior to the meeting with the applicant, you need to prepare the area or place where the interview will be taking place. This area, whether it's an office or a conference room or wherever else you're planning on holding the meeting, must look professional considering that you're also selling your company and your work environment. It's very important that if you're conducting an interview, you conduct the meeting at the time you told the candidate the appointment was going to be. Nothing is more irritating to a candidate than a company assuming that their time is more valuable than theirs. First impressions really do mean a lot. So make sure you come prepared. Don't just try to wing it. You know, during the actual interview, it's preferred that you have an HR individual and the person that the applicant would be reporting to as part of the interview. Other colleagues, you know, whether it's your coworker, the friend you work with, the supervisor, another supervisor that works directly under you, they should not be included into the interview process. As information that's shared may be personal and doesn't really need to be shared with anyone else besides the hiring manager. In the meeting, HR usually leads the process by introducing the supervisor and the company. As the HR professional at the time, um, you will make an effort to make the interviewer feel at ease before jumping into the actual exchange of information because we realize that the interviews can be intimidating for a lot of people, right? Not anyone likes to speak in public. And if you're utilizing something like a performance-based interview technique where past performance describes future success, uh, you know, make sure to have the supervisor lead the questioning. So make sure those questions are already prepared in advance. That way you're giving time to listen and evaluate the interviewer's response. 
Otherwise, you're going to be so busy thinking about what the next question is that you're not really paying attention to the response that you're getting from the candidate. If you're looking for something else, like interpersonal skills, make sure to ask questions such as, describe a difficult situation with a subordinate. Tell me how you worked it out. How'd you deal with it? The interview process really is just a way for us to get to know the person behind the resume. Anyone can look good on paper, but what is a person really like when you meet them? So now that you've invited someone to be interviewed, you've done the interview, you've made your selection, let's move on to bringing them into the company. What onboarding and training methods, I'm talking about things like mentors, having 90-day plan for onboarding new employees, an open-door policy, those kind of things. What kind of methods do you find most effective? Okay. Well, just like I mentioned earlier, Matt, first impressions really do mean a lot. And that doesn't just apply to our candidates we're interviewing, but our new hires too. That's why Prudential Overall Supply has a new hire onboarding policy. This helps us integrate new employees into our culture and our practices, making them feel like they're part of the team from the moment they start. The process that we have goes beyond just welcoming and introducing employees to their jobs, their coworkers, but gets them acquainted with who their mentor is at the location, who they should go to if they have questions on what to do, who their local safety team members are, and what functions they're responsible for. You know, during this time, we ask our managers and our supervisors to avoid using acronyms. You know, we're aware that not everyone is used to working in this type of industry and using acronyms or laundry jargon can just confuse a new hire even more. As far as the 90-day plan map, we like to believe that feedback just doesn't just happen at 90 days, but is constant. And employees should know how well they're doing throughout their career with us. Ongoing communication is vital into keeping a strong relationship with our employees. Of course, I have to say that I'm human resources, right? (laughs) We want our employees to feel free to approach us when they have a concern or need to address something. But if we don't take the time to communicate with them on an ongoing basis, that's unrealistic to think that they will feel at ease to talk to us as managers. This is why not only do we provide trainings on how to give effective feedback to our supervisors and managers, but as a company, we reinforce this approach by having an open door policy put in place. If that means that I may have an employee call me on a Tuesday night because they feel that they're not being listened to by their supervisor, that's okay. In the end, Matt, we work together to make sure that everyone feels heard and understands each other's point of view so that we can reach a common ground and get back to achieving the goals we have as a team. If the listeners only walked away with one thing from this podcast on laundry hiring and training, what would you want that to be? I'd want the listener to be equipped with the information on hiring and training, but most importantly, they should be ready to address and navigate through current challenging times. All right. Well, with that, I'll wrap up this episode. Sylvia, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, Matt. And thank you for listening. For the American Laundry News Podcast, this is Matt Poe reminding everybody to keep it clean. The American Laundry News Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC in Chicago. The music? Titled Holding On, composed by Poddington Bear, is supplied through the Free Music Archive. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanLaundryNews.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. This has been the American Laundry News Podcast.